Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. And King Jehoshaphat, you're like, King Jehoshaphat, who? Well, just look it up. And there was a big army coming, and I can't remember all the different kingdoms that were coming in, um, but they were like gathering in one part of the land, and Jehoshaphat saw this, and so he goes with all the Israelite people, and they pray, and he says, there's a big army out there, and we don't know what to do, God. What should we do? And God tells him, well, you're going to go out, but when you go out, you're going to send the worshipers first. Okay, so I saw us worshiping, going out in the front of the army, and Dan, you nailed it on the head. Like, what am I fearing? What am I afraid of? It's like, there's an army out there that's going to come and kill us. Well, there may not be a literal army out there, but there's stuff in our life, right? And it's hard. But when we worship, like we're going in God's power. Like we're bringing his kingdom to wherever we are because we're, we're giving up what we're thinking, what, what I'm about right now, and I'm focusing on how great God is. And I love the words of the song is, my rock, my redeemer, um, one thing remains, his love never fails That was the same thing that the Israelite people were saying when they went worshiping before all the millions in the army. The same thing. That was astounding to me. So it's like, thank you for worshiping with me and that I get to be a part of that with you. And just know that when we go out and worship that we're We're declaring his kingdom. And what happened to that army? Well, God caused them to turn on each other. They annihilated each other to the point where Jehoshaphat came through with the Israelites and they just got to clean up all the spoils. Okay, so we can can go with that as well, knowing that our worship is going to change what's happening out in front of us and that God's going to take care of it. And I'm with you. It's hard. But we can trust him. He gave us the plan. So this, our worship is nothing new, right? It's been going on for centuries, and God still works. So thanks for letting me share the story. God is good, right? All the time, God is good. Okay, so before we get into James, um, there was, Sarah left me with a question. Maybe she left you with the same question. When does a muffin become a muffin? Okay, was that like racking your brain? When does a muffin, here's our muffins. Keep it up there, Coral. When does a muffin become a muffin? So I had to take this. I talked to a lot of people about this. Um, but Dan and I had a conversation, and I think his answer like, like was the best answer. 
Uh, so when does a muffin become a muffin? Does it happen when I'm mixing the batter? Does it happen when I'm pouring it into the tin? Does it happen when I'm putting it in the oven? Right, so on. Does it happen when I stuff it in my mouth? <laughs> okay. When does a muffin become a muffin? At the moment the baker decides to make them. Okay, I'll just, I'll just leave that with you. All right, here's our muffins. Um, so if you haven't had the chance to listen to Dan's or Sarah's message, they are on the website. We can put our website up. If you don't know our website, it's westsidefacecenter.com. And then the next one, there's a podcast button. That's the sound that it makes when you right, click the screen. Um, so all the podcasts are there, all the, our sermons are recorded, and you can go there and listen to them. So enough about muffins. We're here for chili, right? There's our chili. Everybody says, yeah, but not yet. Aww. Okay. So if you would turn um, to James 3 with me, that's where we're in this morning. Let me pray. Lord, thanks so much um, for letting us come in your name, to come into your presence together, that this is community, that we are here gathered together for your glory, for your honor. Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would be our teacher, that you would uh, bring new life and new light to our lives from these words from James. It's for your glory, Jesus. Amen. All right, we're in James 3. You should probably sit down. Okay, good. <laughs> James 3. Here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's on my shoulders. Indeed, we will make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues... We would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing and makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison, Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out from the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I think that's a slight understatement. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. 
But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up. Don't, sorry, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and, it all, and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. James 3. So I want to highlight today that James gives us two ways that we can demonstrate our living faith in our speech and in our humility. So chapter, I'll get there, right? Here we go. First, controlling the tongue. Let's get, um, let's talk about what the tongue is first. I've got a funny slide for that. The tongue is... Oh, wait. <laughs> the tongue is a muscular organ in the mouth. The tongue's covered with moist pink tissue called mucosa. Tiny bumps called papillae give the tongue its rough texture. Thousands of taste buds cover the surface of the papillae. How about that? It moves food around when you eat. I think we've all experienced this. It also has a thick clearly. So I've had it again. Okay, it also helps you speak and enunciate clearly. Some things I didn't know about the tongue was that it can be used to show us, or like it shows us symptoms of physical health. So a pink tongue is healthy and normal. A red tongue, I've got some different colored tongues there. A red tongue can indicate heat in the body, which could be fever or a hormonal imbalance. A red tongue, a pale tongue could be vitamin deficiency. So it can show like what's happening in our physical body. I think James is also telling us that our tongue can help tell us the health of our faith. So we go back to James 2.17, and James says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. And James 2.26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. And what does he say? Right after verse 26, we get into chapter 3, controlling the tongue. The way in which we use our words and our speech. So how can we display a living, active, and healthy faith with words that are a blessing? I love the, the psalm song you did this morning, right? That we would be a blessing to the Lord. Well, we can be a blessing to each other with our words, with our speech that loves God and loves others, as Jesus taught us to do. So James 3 is very fitting for me. Um, 
it wasn't a surprise. Well, it was a surprise, but not a surprise. Because my Lord Jesus knows how much I need help in controlling my tongue. <laughs> and so James talks about the tongue being a whole world of wickedness and the spark that sets your life on fire. Well, my words have done that in my life. Right from when I was a kid, even to present day. Just last week, I was saying something to a staff member, and it really hurt their feelings. And I had to apologize, and we had to work it out. But it's, right, I can't control my tongue. I've been disrespectful. I've been hurtful. I've been unkind. I've been mean. Maybe this has happened to you, too. I have been made very aware of how difficult it is to tame my tongue and control my speech. So there's some verses, some un uncontrolled speech. Proverbs, our, our wise teacher, he says, A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Yeesh. Proverbs 12.22 says, The Lord detests a lying tongue, but he delights in those who tell the truth. And then another conversation with Dan was, how about the weapon of our enemy, the devil? What's the one thing in his arsenal? Lies and deceit. This is why James says in verse, 13, uh, verse 15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Oof. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. What's happening in our world? All right, this is, this is tough. That's why you're sitting. Okay, so what do I do? What do I do? Well, I need to control my tongue, control my speech. Proverbs, same wise teacher, 17.28 says, Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. I could just say nothing, and you guys are like, wow. <laughs> that guy's got it. Proverbs 10, 19, sin is not ended by multiplying words. Man, I've fallen into that. But the prudent hold their tongues. Proverbs eleven twelve: the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Psalm 73, 9, their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. So how, how do I tame my tongue? How can I control my speech if James already says no one can control their tongue? Right, in verse 8, no one. Well, the one, this is New Living Translation, the one, the word in Greek is anthropos, where we get anthropology like for people, or for humans. So no human can control the tongue. What are we supposed to do? 
Good news. I am not alone. You are not alone. Right? Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. We are not alone. John 14, 16, and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And I've, I've got this word. This is our helper, Parakletos. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Also, Paraclete, the one who goes next to, the one who comes alongside. Okay, our helper, the Holy Spirit. We're not alone in this. Um, you can leave it up there. And as um, Dan talked about in James 1, verse 5, our generous God will give us wisdom when we ask. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. God's right there. He generously gives. And then in 3.17, he talks about what does his wisdom look like. The wisdom from above that is, first of all, pure, that is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So what has been spoken through God's Holy Spirit and wisdom? Just a few. These are like some highlights that came up to my head. We have the whole creation of the cosmos. Right? All creation came into being by God's word and by God's spirit. Cosmos, the solar system, our planet, which is ideal for human life. Amazing. The blessings to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all of the Israelites, past, present, and future. So you might also remember Balaam. He's another character from the Old Testament. He was like a sorcerer and a king, another king in the Old Testament, um, saw the Israelite people cruising across the desert as they were on their way to the Canaan lands, right? And he's like, oh, I'll give a call to Balaam. He can curse the Israelites for me. So Balaam comes, and he lets the king know, well, I'll, I'll pray. I'll pray to this God, and then we'll see what happens. So the king brings Balaam out. Balaam talks to God, talks to Yahweh, and what happens? Seven times Balaam goes out to curse the Israelites. And every single time, he cannot curse them. God brings a blessing to them. To the point where his last, his try to curse them, he blesses them. And he even speaks a prophecy of the Messiah that will come from Israel, from the line of Judah. Right? This is a sorcerer who knows all kinds of dark arts. And God comes in with his word, with his spirit. And he says, no, you're going to bless these people. And the Messiah will come from them. God's word, God's spirit, God's wisdom. And then, of course, we have Jesus himself, the word of God. John 1.1, right? The word became flesh and was with us. And I thought we could stretch this a little also to say that the whole Bible 
It's the inspired word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So all powerful displays of God's Holy Spirit, God's wisdom in moving our words, controlling our words. So will you bring the slide up of the adjectives from, let's see, that was 15? Pure, peace-loving, yep, there it is. Pure, peace-loving, gentle, humble, merciful, good, accepting, sincere. Right? These are the adjectives James used to describe God's wisdom. And what else does this look like? Right? This is, I thought it was God's characteristics. Right? This is God. So we get to go right in. God is working at creating a community that looks and acts like him. Right? He desires relationship with us to the point that he's even sharing his amazing power, his unimaginable power with us, his followers, you and I, right? his spirit, the spirit that created all of the cosmos. Could we use his power to destroy and annihilate? Yeah, we could, but what are we left with? Nothing, right? Rubble and burnt earth. But when we use his power to bring his attributes, James gives us a promise in 18. We will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. We can show our living faith through our speech and through our humility. God's already provided us the resource of his Holy Spirit to empower us and his wisdom to guide us in loving him and loving those around us, even with our speech. So I recognize that I'm in great need of God's wisdom and the power of his Holy Spirit Maybe you are feeling the same way, or even before you came in, it's like, I just need to be with God, and that's why you're here. It's perfect. So I want to pray for us, and if you would, the band's going to come up, if you guys would stand up with me, if you're able, and as I pray, right, I just want you to, I always imagine, like, Christmas time or your birthday and the family members are passing out the gifts and what do we do? Right, I'm holding out my hands to receive that gift. So I just want to take that posture together that you're ready to receive right, Holy Spirit, God's wisdom that is for you, it's for me so that we can have words that are a blessing and we can love God, and we can love others. So you can close your eyes, hold out your hands, and we'll just receive right this good gift from our good God. You guys can play. Heavenly Father, you are holy and perfect. 
you ask that, uh, sorry, we ask that your kingdom come right here in us. We're so sorry for how we have used our speech to hurt and boast and lie. And we thank you for forgiving us through Jesus' death and resurrection. We are in need of your wisdom. We are in need of your Holy Spirit. Would you send your Holy Spirit again upon us? We want to be animated and activated in your power. May we as members of your community be pure and peace-loving, gentle, willing to yield to others, full of your mercy and good deeds, being accepting without favoritism, and always sincere, so that we may be peacemakers, planting seeds of peace and reaping a harvest of righteousness. That your will would be accomplished right here in Eugene and Springfield, just as it is in heaven. For all the glory and all the honor and all the power is yours. Amen.